Life of Brian, take two. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show. Terrific show we got lined up. How are you, mate? I'm nursing a bit of a hangover today, Kev. Uh, head slobbing like, uh, like, well, a porno movie, I suppose you could say. <laughs> oh, um, thanks for that. As you, as you can see, I'm not really <laughs> making much sense at all. I've uh, been out of bed for about 20 minutes and feel like shit. So... I'm well, thanks, Kev. <laughs> so life on the road is uh, is back to pretty much normal. Yeah, um, haven't been in the state for a little while. Well, I have, but um, yeah, went to Adelaide. Had a lovely time in Adelaide. Uh, I had a better time in Adelaide than the bombers did. They got had a terrible time in Adelaide. Made fools of themselves. Yes, well, you didn't do that, so that's good. Uh, but uh, the absolutely eighties gigs are uh, up and running, and you're working on. Uh, I can't believe it's not countdown. How's that uh, shaping no, up? No, no, that's oh. been cancelled, Kev. Very, very sad news to hear that. Oh, um, hang on. Yep, yeah, that's that's been cancelled or postponed or something. So that's a big blow to me because you know I've spent quite a bit of time, you know, sorting out the props and getting all the movies yeah. right and fixing the script and. For all of that, I get nothing oh. because they are cancelled. So that's a great disappointment to me. And, um, yeah, it's uh, certainly going to hurt the bank balance as well. But well, um, anyway, anyway. I'm sorry I brought that up. But I'll tell you what I will, I'll tell you what I will bring up is our guest but, for this week because we had an absolute ball talking to this bloke. We did. I got on really well with him. And yep. um, I liked I liked the cut of his jib, Kev. Um, yeah, me that, too. Yeah. yeah, no, he seemed... Uh, have a like mind when it comes to music. Um, I thought um, what he said was very interesting and um, I agreed with everything he said. So, yep. yeah, no, he's great. Really uh, good. Some re- stories really behind his chat. biggest hit, Missing You, which is obviously a massive, massive song uh, for him and uh, he, he tells us some of the stories about actually the, the vocal that he did on it and, uh, and some of the little bits and pieces about writing it. So you'll hear all about that. We talk about the babies. We talk about bad English. We talk about uh, about all sorts of weird and wonderful things. But we also talk about his new EP. We're going to play a track for you uh, off it too. It's a really nice song called Grenadine. Uh, so uh, look forward to, to hearing that little Aaron. John Waite, he's, uh, he's just a beauty. Uh, you can check out his website and all his social media and uh, hopefully he'll be touring here sometime soon. He's touring America with Rick Springfield and uh, Men at Work in their summer. So hopefully wow. we'll get him out here, which will be uh, which would be really nice. I think he'd be very, very well received out oh, over here. me too. I've got to yeah. say, isn't it time of the babies fits into my I love that song category? I just reckon that's a great little pop song. Yeah, I think Missing You fits into that category as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just a ripper song. Yeah, so we've got two songs that I, I love that song. Absolutely. And of course, and I'll tell you who's a big fan of John Waits and is going to enjoy this chapter about that is our mate Mark Lane at Murcotts because he's a big fan of John Waits. So uh, he'll yeah. enjoy this. Really? Yeah. That's fantastic. But what number would that be if I wanted to get some uh, driving, advanced driving skills, Kev? Would it be 1300 576 perhaps? Correct way, Mannixville. Um, right. <laughs> and the website is mercots.edu.au. And let's be honest, it's too late when you've had the prang. It's too late when mm. you've proved to everyone that you're not, not a terrific driver or that you've got some, some holes in your education, your driver education. Do it beforehand. Give them a call, jump on the website, make yourself a better driver, and it makes everybody happy. Brian it and I included. Indeed. Especially me. I, I'm, I hate getting in cars. I find them very, very scary. And um, probably because I was in a car accident when I was very little. But, um, yeah, I'm not a, a petrol head by any stretch of the imagination, and I really do, you know, because everybody thinks they can win Tats Lotto, but nobody thinks they're going to have a car accident. Well, you've got a better chance of having a car accident than winning Tats Lotto. It's a very good point. Very sensible point from you, Mr Mannix. Well brought Thank up. Thank you. one three hundred five 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 seven six. That's mercots.edu.au. But let's get to our guest, our first guest on the program. Oh, we haven't even mentioned our second guest. It's a good mate okay. of yours. Good mate of yours. He is, he is a good mate of mine. In fact, he's probably responsible for the hangover you've got now, or at least part of it. He took me to the place where I... Earned the hangover, so yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so Scotty is who we're talking about, he's coming up after this man, John White. There he is. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm okay. 
you know, it's, I'm on the mend. His last couple of days have been kind of much better. Uh, well, I'm Kevin, and the other and the other uh, the other man you can see there is Brian. Hey, Brian, Hello, how are you doing? What's I'm very up, well, mate. Good. Um, I'm, I'm I'm over COVID myself, but um, great to talk to you. This is such a thrill. So um, oh, God you look terrific. It's seven in the morning for me. It's midnight for me. I'm just yeah. getting started. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the rock and roll worlds, if those two times ever met, there would be sheer madness. Uh, but uh, we've all got older and wiser uh, these days. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I've just got older, not wiser. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm not <laughs> sure about any of it. I'm just just sort of moving forward every day. You know. So, so uh, what what's happening with you at the moment uh, in terms of what you're? I mean, once you get obviously well again, but uh, you, you you're on the road and uh, doing stuff. Yeah, no, we get. Uh, I got a new um, five song EP just came out called Anything. Yep, it's four new original songs and a cover of uh, Dylan's Masters of War. Uh, well, yeah, it's good. It's yeah, great. Yeah, it's good. So that's out, and we're just getting behind that. I'm just sort of like doing all the interviews and the press and all that. And then we're going out on the road. Uh, I'm playing at the um, Indy 500 with Matt Sorum's uh, Lords of Chaos. I'm a guest vocalist at that. And then we hit the road. We hit the the summer with Rick Springfield and uh, Men at Work. We're, We're playing pretty big places and going out behind that so and then we go to holland at the end of the year but between all of that there's like a load of u.s states so it's busy you know so you, you you're full banding it i mean you mentioned the guest vocal thing but are you are you full banding you know the whole band on on the road or so i know you've been doing a lot of acoustic stuff yeah the rick springfield thing is is like acoustic but with like bass guitar and two acoustics uh there's a few dates where we we're bringing the drums out the places are just too big to uh, to be Bob Dylan, you know, you can't do that in that kind of setting without it being uh, dark and well lit and moody. You can't just go out and it's not Woodstock, you know. <laughs> You're there on a mission trying to get people off their asses, you know. I'm going to negotiate a, a thing where I think there'll be a lot more gigs with the drums. But the all the other gigs are full band, you know. It's going to be an exciting year. I mean, it's it's just very uh, timely that I've got a new release out. It's immediately sort of gone to the top of my iTunes, what's selling. I mean, it's, there's a lot of interest in it. So, um, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but it looks like it's going to be a good year. Oh, good. That's great. A couple of things just on what you just said. Um, play acoustically, like I'm a musician myself, and I love playing acoustic guitar, but... I find that, gee whiz, after three or four songs, you know, I want a bass or a drum in there. So I yeah. totally get that. I totally get that because yeah. you can only be sad and depressed for so long, I guess. <laughs> um, you're playing the Indy 500. I might, be, I might be out of line here, but do you think you should perhaps quickly write a song called Let's Go Brandon and, and chuck that in there, if you know <laughs> well, what I mean? Well, you know, I mean, that's that's a... That's a that's a sideways thing to throw into the <laughs> I have no clue what the world's doing right now. I mean, I, you get older and you look at it and you use your wisdom on what's going on, but I haven't a fucking clue. At this point, it's like a, you've gone to a bad cocktail party, you know, and everybody's <laughs> come out of the woodwork and it's got too many people in it and they're all talking at once. And then suddenly they've all had too much to drink. And then, <laughs> and then they're trying to get you to go outside to, to sort something out. You know, it's like you can't do anything at the moment without it being trouble. And uh, specifically, American politics are just, I mean, it's just so hard right and hard left. Both sides are full of shit. And uh, if you don't get in the middle, if you don't walk the middle path, man, uh, there is no unity. One guy can't grab the mic and say, this is what we're doing. It, there's different nations come together to make these countries. You can't, you just can't do that. And the ignorance of thinking that you can take over a country and dictate the law 
and represent one part of the politics of that country is is insanity. And then the Ukraine, you look at that, and Jesus, man, how can that be happening in the times that we live in? You know, how can we, we haven't evolved past our most basic stuff. You know I mean? It's like, yeah. that's genocide and the, the world's watching it. And uh, um, I'm trying to unite American politics by wearing a, a, a hat that says, uh, make America mediocre again. And because uh, I figure that'll sort of, you know, make everybody happy, but um, not much, not much take up on that so far. Uh, and the original songs on your new EP, are they, are they reflective of what you're just saying? Well, Masters of War is, I mean, that's just a direct reference yeah. to that we're still in the mire of violence and corruption and uh, real estate, the reason for wars, you know. But the other, the other, the other four songs. Uh, let me think. No, that that I I thought going into it, I had these songs for a year or two, and I thought, well, they're not in any way sad. You know, there's one that's kind of like called Grenadine. That's like a blues, a late night blues cut live in the studio, which might be the best thing on it. But the other things, like uh, anything, is a very pure, very pure love song if like two people were sitting on a dock or like in a cafe mm. it'd be one of those things you just turn around and say to them and then the next song lifeguard is really a, a sexy little song about sitting next to you know the the girl while you're in a swimming pool you know it's like it's very disparate stuff but it all works darling there's a song called darling which is loosely based on the uh, julie christie movie from the 60s, it's about the fashion world and young girls and the pitfalls of uh, hard drugs and, you know, climbing the ladder of success. It's uh, it's not an original kind of thought, but it's done quite well. I think it's a story song. So for five songs, you know, it covers a lot of ground, actually. I listened to it last night. I was very surprised. Oh, good. I tell you, the... Um the idea of sitting in my speedos next to the girl that I really dig, yeah, that could be that could be dangerous because you know they're, well, they're what just for the brief little for you or brief the speedos. <laughs> yeah. Well, for probably the little kids around, you know, <laughs> I don't want to take anybody's eye out. <laughs> 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 oh, um, oh yeah. look, I'm bad. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's all right. No, I, I, I go down the same path. If somebody opens one of those doors for me, I just jump right in. <laughs> oh, fantastic. This is great. <laughs> but, Kev, you should ask something sensible. Something sensible. The, the style of the new songs, uh, what would you liken them to, John, in terms of uh, well, uh, over your it's career? Like, it's like Temple Bar. There's an album called Temple Bar yeah, I made yeah. in my, yeah. And it's probably my favourite record. But there's shades of Temple Bar about it. There's a there's a, a kind of reference in the production to that period and uh, a kind of free fall. You know, I made Temple Bar after Bad English and I had all these songs I'd written on and I was taking myself a lot more seriously as a writer after Bad English. I, I really didn't want to make an arena rock record or anything like that. I've, I couldn't get my head around any of that. It's a very personal record. And this feels very personal, even though it's not the blues. You know, it's not uh, looking in the mirror and saying, you know, fuck, the world is just, it's something else. Uh, it's not for me to really describe it. I wrote yeah. it, you know. Okay. I think it's for you yeah. to, if you take something away from it, then that's the point. But I, I can't really, I've, I'm, quite, I'm proud of it, actually. I never Good. thought it would turn out like it did, you know. I can see the um, correlation between uh, lifeguard because you're sitting there in your speedos with the I girl you like, and then yeah. suddenly you get a temple bar, and that's when the trouble. Well, yeah. Out. yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. 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 that's when <laughs> it's sort of it's sort of like a concept. EP, yeah, well, it? no, that's when you get you know you hear that word security. Somebody shouts security, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, you're in the back of a van with two policemen. And you, uh, you meet Mr. Nightstick, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> oh, it's, God. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. I've spent many a happy night 
You know, because it's it's cheaper than a taxi, or you just yeah. get in the ambulance subscription and just you know say, look, I'm I'm in comatose to drive me home. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it's, I, three I square meals a day for for a week. You know, yeah. Now, I, and also, I'd just like to say, I think your English is really good. I was expecting you need a translator for this one, but you've done really well, <laughs> so that it's not bad English at all. But um, oh. I was listening. Oh, just a stinking little yeah, joke. Yeah, I know. I have to that door it. opened, then. Yeah. Um, I was listening to In Real Time yeah. the other day. Yeah. You're singing as good as ever. The voice doesn't sound tired or wearied or anything. Is, is that surprising to you or do you manicure the voice um, or have you just been lucky? What's, what's yeah, the go there? I just got out of bed this morning, had two cups of coffee, black, and rolled a cigarette. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't worry about that. It's like Masters yeah. of War. I went in the studio and sang that at like nine in the morning. There was only so much studio time I could get that day. So I went in pretty much like I am now. And the voice is, uh, it's rough, you know. But it never occurred to me to question that. It's the performance that matters, not if you're going to hit a dog note and sort of like be, again, arena rock all that shit where somebody comes out and starts being operatic and jumping around. It's bullshit, yeah. you know? The idea is that whatever you're doing is authentic. And yeah, you're, you're telling a story and it's yeah. sincerity that really matters. Yeah. And, We're storytellers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if the, voice cracks, if the voice cracks when you're going for something, that to me is like their golden moments, you know? They're, that's the stuff you, you hope is going to happen. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's what I call being a singer. It's really funny that you say that because two of my greatest vocals I love most, uh, Mark Knopfler in the middle of Tunnel of Love when he goes, girl, you look so pretty to me, and it sounds like he's about to cry, and Michael Jackson at the end of She's Out of My Life when he does cry, and the notes are all over the place, but it's just so beautiful. It rips your heart out, and that sincerity... And that honesty, I think that's that's great. They're magic, they're magic moments. That you can't plan for those. You yeah. can't. You know, like, I mean, I've heard it done. I mean, I've heard people like you know, and it's it. like, oh Christ, you know, really. But there's the, the firm. <laughs> the, you remember the firm with uh, the firm with uh, with Paul Rogers and Jimmy Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah. you've got that loving feeling. And Paul goes for this baby, baby, and he misses the note completely. And they left it in. It shows you the context of what he was going for. I mean, Paul would do stuff with free, uh, like there's a song called Catch a Train, and he's making it up on the mic, you know. And uh, <laughs> it's great. I understand that. And he says, I know your mother. He tends to drink a bit and he changes the sex of the person. Just is, is out there somewhere. And they didn't correct it. And I, I look at that and I think, well, that's, isn't that the whole point? You know, I mean, it, when you yeah. get the, uh, the manicured, I'm going for the money, we're going to try and sell this to everyone. I mean, that kind of shit just, I mean, just leaves me cold. Yeah. Yeah, sincerity and storytelling is the key. And, you know, even a lot of the Motown records, if you listen really carefully, there's, you know, there's the mistakes on those Motown records. Yeah. But it's about, but they've got, nah, the vibe is great, yeah. the energy is great, that's more important. And, you know, as Lou Reed said, if you go to a rock and roll gig for the technique, you're probably there for the wrong reasons. No, it's, it's good. It's, those moments that just tear your heart out that are real. And I think that's, you know, what, what we're trying to do. And, you know, and you did it so well with with Missing You. What a brilliant uh-huh. vocal performance on that and everything you've done, to be honest. Oh, but um, yeah, that right. one in particular really, you know, really stuck at, home. At the, end of, at the end of Missing You, uh, when I sing I Can Lighten Myself, I didn't, that came out of nowhere. That was, I probably heard that on a Steve Marriott record called I'm Only Dreaming. At the, it was the B-side of a really big Small Faces song. And at the end he goes, I can lie to myself. So maybe it was sitting in the back of my mind for years and years and years. But I'm singing I Ain't Missing You at all. And at the very end of it, I throw in I can lie to myself. I'd like to think I didn't crib Steve Marriott because this, the, the whole song is about denial anyway. 
you know, I ain't missing yeah. the goal. You know, so it's but, obvious but then, what's going on. But, but then that, that you you know, that was a that, bail. Yeah, it was. It gives it that one moment of yeah. moment where he's truly honest. Yeah. I'm keep lying to myself. And yeah, that's yeah. what makes the story so much even better. So yeah. um yeah. yeah, well done. So have you got a moment like that on the new stuff? Well, I think yeah. There's a thing in um Grenadine is just a blues that me and uh, my friend Anthony were in the studio playing this stuff. And we made up the vocal, or I made up the vocal, and the chord changes as we're playing. And yeah. it all works. And at one point, I actually bring it back in and make it rhyme without it sounding contrived. I mean, when you're in that moment, everything is possible. Like in Masters of War, I actually go like, yeah, you know, I, I come off the mic and I'm so involved in what's going on. You couldn't really stop me with a... With a mallet, you know, I'm just in that moment, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm not one to go back into manicure things, you know. Yeah. Hey, now, can I ask you can I, about missing you? When you when you wrote that, did you know? Did did was there something yeah. about that when you wrote? You just went, you know what? This is going to be pretty big. Yeah, I knew my life changed immediately. It was it was sung over somebody else's chord changes in a home studio. We've been looking for a a song we'd written or were trying to write the night before. The album was finished. I knew we hadn't got the song and I'm worried about it. So I, instead of being there at the mixing, I, I'm off with this guy trying to write a song. He's trying to find this song from the night before and uh, he stops the tape because there's no code on the tape. It's just eyeballing it. And this eight note feel comes up and I say, give me a shot at that. You know, why not? It sounds like something I'd sing, you know. So he puts his instrumental onto the, you know, he, he plays it and gives me the feed and the headphones. And I sang through it once and it was pretty good. And I said, what do you think of that? And he said, I didn't record it. And I was <laughs> oh. like, what the, f-? you know, what? Yeah. Why are we paying you, you bastard? That's what <laughs> yeah, you yeah, you know, we, you know. Who the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> You're rolling another fucking joint and not fucking getting the job done, you bastard. There you go. But anyway, I've been in the studio. I've been yeah, in yeah. the studio too. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, okay. can, you can. Next time I go in, you can come. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, no, he, he did it again. And I used every time I think of you, which was a baby song, yeah, for the first line to get me going because I'm good at that. I can wing shit on the mic. That's my territory, really. That sort of like uh, that mm. movable loam of like energy. And I got the whole thing. Every time I think of you, I always catch my breath and I'm still standing here and you're miles away and I'm wondering why you left. And there's a storm that's raging through my frozen heart tonight. I ain't missing you at all since you've been gone away. I got that in one piece. Nice that's, work. Yeah, it was like, uh, it was like, fucking hell, where did that come And I knew. <laughs> and I, and I, it was like I got an electric shock off the mic. It was like I pulled back and I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all. And it was like, I knew before it even got to the second verse what it was. It was yeah. Titanic, you know, because it, you look back at songs that long ago and they fit into a pigeonhole where you can say, oh, yeah, that's that. But that song incorporated all the suggestion of uh, modern music, blues, country. Uh, it referenced... My kind of bass playing, which was always basically eights and and moving into the passing note thing, it had everything. It had everything. And it was like trying to solve a puzzle, like picking up the times and trying to do the crossword puzzle. And suddenly you find you finished it off. You know, it was kind of a wonderful thing. You know, it was completely unexpected. Well, I bought the album, so, you know, that coffee cup, I probably paid for that. But anyway. (laughs) I think it's got your It's, a shit, it's <laughs> a shit coffee cup, I know. Yeah. I, I think it was a couple more copies. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, that's I bought you the leaky coffee cup. But it doesn't surprise me that you say that the rest of the album is recorded because it's a pretty hard rock album, apart from that oh, yeah. song. No, it's, it's pretty it's heavy, a, it's a pretty heavy duty. Yeah, it really is. It's a, a, a review of it said in uh, on iTunes, it said rocks like a bastard. And I thought, that's yeah. the nicest compliments I've ever had. Saturday night, I mean, what a, what a fucking song that is. It comes out yeah. too fisted, you know. But we were a rock band 
And that came in last. And it just balanced the album. And then we couldn't hold it back. You know, the album went to radio and we were coming with a different single and trying to save Missing You because then you're going to really be yeah. sick. And radio wouldn't do it. Radio just started playing it in heavy rotation. The next thing I knew, I couldn't go out and buy cat food. I mean, it was like just gigantically successful, you know. single at the time, John? No, I was married. Oh, okay, was, fair I, enough. I'd, I'd gone over to America to sign contracts with EMI. I said to my wife, you know, I'll be about two weeks, love. See you then. <laughs> and um, three months later, 
I'm finishing the record. You know, I met this wow. guy, Gary Myrick, this guitar player. He had a band. We hit it off enormously well. I sent for my bass player in New York. We started cutting songs. Gary Gersh, the A&R guy at EMI, who was super helpful. And before I knew it, I was in the middle of making the record. So I hadn't been on for like three months. Probably got a lot to do with what Missing You was about, you know? Uh, ah. Yeah. Was it fun? Was it an enjoyable time for you looking back on it oh. now? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd got off Chrysalis, you know. Chrysalis has been a nightmare. I mean, just to talk about Australia for a second, we went down there to Australia about four years ago and it was fantastic. Yep. It was the first time we'd been down there. And uh, when we were in The Babies, we had number one singles. Yes. The Babies. Yeah. I didn't know that. And um, Christmas was very difficult. They were trying to get us to crack America, and we were on the road playing live about five nights a week. We'd thrown everything into it, and uh, it was, you know, all hands on deck. We went to Japan quite a lot, but nobody sent us to Australia. And I kept saying, you know, Australia. But I guess they didn't want to spend the money on promotion or whatever. They wanted to keep us to try and break America. Because the band was pretty much on the on the verge of breaking up all the time because we were we were almost number number one in America a few years in a row and it was heartbreaking, you know. So I guess they thought they'd throw the money behind that. Yeah. I really do wish we'd have been able to come down and play as the babies. And uh I hope well, the babies were huge down here. Oh I didn't know yeah. that. Oh I didn't know you know they were mammoths. It's before the internet. We didn't when know. Missing You came out, when Missing You came out, we were going, oh, that's that guy from the babies. Uh, we- My mum had the same reaction. <laughs> 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 I was on I was on radio in the in the in the seventies at on a, a you know hot music station in the in the late seventies, and uh, the babies yeah. were massive. Massive. I didn't know that. Oh, isn't I didn't it? Know that. Mind you, isn't it time is just a great radio record. What a great yeah. radio song. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very flattered and honoured and all that, and I feel regretful that I didn't know. But like I said, there was no internet, and if you don't read the press, you don't really know what's going on. You could read the Melody Maker and you'd know what was going on in London. But Australia was still, because of the internet, it was a continent on the other end of the, the world, you know. It's a, it's a true regret to me that we weren't able to come down there and, because it's part of the deal. You know, somebody buys your record, you show up. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, you, hopefully you'll get down here eventually. Um, well, no, I've been down there. We came down We came down like four years ago. We played a small yeah. tour and it was great. I mean, it was such a I – w- I was going to stay for a month afterwards and, and uh, spend some time in Melbourne. I like Melbourne a lot. But the whole country, you know, it's what America wants to be. Yeah, and we're too busy trying to be America, which is is crazy. Let me ask you this question. This is one right out of the right out of the thing. But when I started in my band, I, I played guitar and I sang, and then the manager sort of said, eventually said, "Look, I think you'll be better just being a front man." Yeah, and put the guitar down. We get another guitarist in. Yeah, and my first gig. Without the guitar, I felt completely oh. naked. And I was just like, when the guitar solo had come, I ran off the side of stage because I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I was just wondering how it went for you the first time you did a gig yeah. without your boats. Well, we um, we played the Whiskey A Go-Go on New Year's Eve with the new lineup and me without a bass. And um, I was shitting myself. I mean, I, was, I mean, I, it's I, it, 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 no, it'd been my idea to do it. You know, I said, we can do this if we change the band's profile. I'll stay if we really rejig this thing. But I'm not going to be in a band that looks like it, nothing happened. Let's go and take a step up the ladder. And the Whiskey Gogo is a small club. It holds about 500 people, maybe. And uh, it's jammed, you know. And I came out, and God knows how I got through it, but we did. Rod Stewart came at some point, and um, that was great. But about two months later, we opened for Alice Cooper for like two months. <sighs> and uh, no, no shit. And went from the Whiskey Go-Go, like the guy said, yeah, nice job, John, not bad, yeah, to going out in front of like 15,000 people 
as the opening act. And I remember I had a red suit my tailor made me, a red suit, Granny Takes a Trip. It was a beautiful red suit and these white baseball boots I got in London. And that was my stage gear. And I went out and I can't remember anything about it. It was, it was a mixture of adrenaline, stark fear, and yeah. pure, pure balls. <laughs> I wasn't going to not do it, you know, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And about three gigs into that tour, I was jumping in the audience. I was climbing the PA. Yeah. You know, it was like I knew what I was doing suddenly. I missed playing the bass on the songs because it had a lot to do with the direction. But the exchange was the babies suddenly elevated into something else. Yeah, it's kind of like, okay, band, you're on your own. It's my job to entertain the audience yeah, now. Yeah. And sometimes I, I know I really miss guitar. Like, no, you know, you play it like this. What are you, what are you getting yeah. fancy for? And Especially you know, with bass, though. Especially with bass, you can suggest well, chord changes and the feel. You can go from quarter notes yeah. to eight notes. You can use passing notes, especially writing songs. The babies kind of lost the plot there for an album, but we were touring behind all these other singles. So it, we had Midnight Rendezvous and we had Back on My Feet again, so we weren't really missing a step. It's just that we suddenly had head first to play, Isn't It Time, Every Time I Think of You, you know, Back on My Feet again and Midnight, and that's like five singles. And we'd go yeah. out to these, like, opening for Journey. We'd blow them right off the fucking stage. <laughs> they didn't know where they were coming and going. Steve Perry used to come down to the edge of the stage and glare at me. And then I got this <laughs> message. Then I got this message saying, if you walks outside this eight-foot square, they're off the tour. Steve Perry. Thank you, Steve. What an arse. What a prick. What a fucking prick. I mean, but, but they, they were scared of us. We used to go out there every yeah. night. And by the time, we only had 45 minutes. And by the time we left, it looked like somebody had thrown a stick of dynamite in the audience. We absolutely killed them. And then Journey had to come out and sort of like top that. It's yeah, the I, underdog I, thing. It's the underdog. I kind of, well, yeah. especially in Australia, I love, oh, we're going on first. Okay. And, you know, yeah. the, the main band, they give you a quarter of the lights. You only had to use so much of the stage. The PA's turned down. But I used to always just take it as like, a bit like a sporting event. It's like, yeah, okay, we're, we're playing the champs. Well, we'll get some extra balloons. We'll kick some balloons out of the, you know, some beach balls. Yeah. But it was all, I was always very competitive with those. And the half hour, 45 minutes thing, great. We can just put all of our best shit in there. Yeah. And, yeah. They're gonna, and they're going to have to play for two hours. Yeah. And they're going to have to put in some filler. We're playing all yeah. filler, no, no filler. But so, that's yeah. that thing about going out with Rick Springfield and Man at Work. It's like we've got 30 minutes and there's two ways of doing this. I can play like the really interesting singer-songwriter stuff like New York City Girl, Masterpiece of Loneliness in Dreams, whatever. Mm. Or I can do When I See You Smile, Isn't It Time, Change, Midnight Rondo. I can just give 30 minutes of like, give them hell, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. when, it, when it says you're the opening act, I mean, I would fight to be the opening act. Uh, the middle yeah. spot can be really great, but it depends who opened for you. <laughs> but the headline, yeah. like you say, has to be up there for two hours. And by that time, the audience is tired. Yep. And they, yeah. they love you for about 20 minutes, and then they're looking at their watches, you know. You know, it's ridiculous. If, I, if the headliner get a really stupendous opening act, no middle act, and everybody gets to play for like an hour or whatever, but you yeah. come out swinging and everybody goes home happy. But this thing about maybe it's a manager thing, make more money, you know. Uh, you mentioned bad English. Is, is bad English a fond memory for you? Well, it was for the first year. Yeah. You know, I think it was like a cartoon. We couldn't do anything wrong and everybody compromised. And then it got nasty. You know, it was like, you know, I think people wanted to be like back in Journey or sound like Journey and I didn't. You know, I kept pushing for some level that we'd got to where the lyrics weren't just, you know, obvious and the melodies weren't, you didn't. I wanted us to do things that were original, really. I thought the band was like a tremendously musical entity. But what are you going to do with it? You're just going to like noodle around and play some chords and a big guitar solo. I mean, you, you have to have the framework of a song 
that is just going to arrest people, you know, that's, that's genuine. And I think that the danger with being in a band that big is that you just keep making the same piece of music. I, I agree. I think um, a lot of the best musicians I know, they, they slave over a song, writing a song for six months. It yeah. can always be better. And they almost like they have too much knowledge and the vocals in their songs and the lyrics are almost like an afterthought. Yeah. And to me... That's where it starts. It's like I'm yeah, telling no, it is. this story. I'm, I'm telling you this story about, yeah. you know, this girl I've always loved but I've never got to see her or whatever it is, you know. I, I stabbed her in the face. I don't care. But, you know, that's not bad actually. I might use that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, you've got to have an idea and it might be an idea. My idea might be the riff. But, but you know, um, so many, many good musicians can over overthink things. You know, the best songs are really <laughs> in 10 minutes. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, like you're looking at that song Grenadine off the uh, off the new the new EP. Yeah, but it's a colour, right? And it's a beautiful yeah. sounding word, grenadine. You know, mm. and it's Sounds about like the colour nice of grenadine on your lips, the the colour of grenadine. I seem to miss. It's about being drunk at three in the morning and thinking about this colour. It's a different yeah. approach to like. Oh, baby, I miss you because you're really fine. I yeah. think I'll stay in this barrel and drink some more wine. Right. You know, but, I mean, if you come at it like a this sort of dispassionate cold blues, you know, it's yeah. really, it's got strength, you know. But that's the key to great, I mean, it's like um, a Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. You know, fucking hell. I mean, you've got a fast car. You know, I mean, wow. I mean, just what's behind that? The inertia of living in the projects and the lack of possibility of getting out of it. Alcoholism, chain link fences, racism, uh, terrible shit. All put together by a, a little black girl singing, you've got a fast car. I mean, it's, it's, high, it's high poetry. It's, it's fucking yeah. beautiful, you know, and that's even the video was good for that song. Mm. I thought her bass sound was a little trebly. That's my only problem with Tracy Chapman. Her bass sound is a little bit trebly for me, but uh, really, you know, yeah, I, I think her bass sound, I think she's using a Rickenbacker and uh, got uh, treble up too much or something, yeah, but, well, that's, you know, that's, like, that's, a, that's, a person, that's a personal taste. Yeah, um, no, I understand. The you songs know. I like the most are the ones that say it tells a different aspect, a different story. Somebody can come up with something that hasn't been written about before or yeah. in a way that hasn't been written, which I think Missing You nailed. You know, here's a guy saying, you know, I'm not missing you. And it, it, it showed respect to the audience in that you'll work it out that I am. And then but you know, the big tag Tom, Petty, Tom Petty said... That, that, uh, about his respect for the audience, bless Tom. But he said that. He said something very similar to that about the audience is smart, you know? Yeah. And if you speak to them in a way that's like you're talking to somebody in a bar or in a restaurant, they get it. There's, there's an aspect to the audience that, that really doesn't get it, that wants to sort of somewhere to go on Friday night, and if it's got a good backbeat, they're in. But most people think... And their minds are always awake. And um, when you throw one of those out, you know, they get it. And I think that's that that's the, not the holy grail, but that's 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 what you're there isn't any other way of approaching it, really. It's like being on a record company. They want you to mm. do, you know, I love you because you know you're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and when you start and when you start making art by committee, you're in all sorts of trouble. Well, that was bad English. You can't, you know, I'd be stood there going like, but we can't do that. We've done it. Or that's a ripoff of this. And uh, it was like, so what? You know, it's big business, man. So yeah. I'd rather be somewhere down on the totem pole that I enjoy being. And and express what's in your heart. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, it, then it express what some dickhead executive is telling you what to do. <laughs> yeah. And okay, you, you might make big money, but then you've got to sing a song that you hate for the rest of your life. There you go. And nah, nah, fuck that. Um, 
yeah, I'm sort of down on the totem pole a bit too, but I'm really happy with where what I've done because well, I make, I I've always expressed what money. I do. I make just as much money at my living as I did when yeah. I was like honking around with the sort of million. I mean, if you if you time it right, you can wind up playing festivals and theatres like two thousand yeah. seats, a thousand seats. That's a big deal. It's great. You go in there and play like four nights a week, and you make it a small fortune. The audience love you. It's intimate. It's fucking great. You've got your dignity, and you can write the stuff you want to write. We're going to get. They, they have, yeah. have meetings with the record company about what direction they're going to take. I mean, fuck off. <laughs> I love you, man. You're right on the money. I love it. It's fucking great. Seven <laughs> some money. No. Hey, we've got to go, boys. But uh, John, thank you so much. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks. I'm glad we uh, we uh, you you bed with me on the on the call. Pockets full of change, keys and your number. Sitting on a bus stool, baby. It is 3 a.m. and I'm still sober. I need to find a door to shut you out. I've got my reasons, baby. And all you got is doubts. Think about your kiss. You're here It's the color of grenadine On your lips The color of grenadine I seem to miss It's more than a magnetique Yeah, baby Grenadine Just walk home again alone Cause the forecast goes for rain Oh yeah, yeah, yeah And I count those streetlights, baby And think about your eyes And I'll be in pain As usual Yeah, it just reminds me of your kiss and the color of grenadine on your lips the color of grenadine yeah that's what I miss I miss you so much baby a thousand times I'd go for the color of grenadine Little things I can't live without at all The things that I need, baby Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, you've got them all You've got them all That's the Anything EP, which is available if you want to jump on uh, John's uh, website. He's, he's now just John to us.
Brian. He's our whole buddy, John. He's just John. You know, just. He's, he's, he's up there with Mickey Dolenz, our mate Mickey Dolenz <laughs> and our mate Alice Cooper yes. and our mate Johnny Rotten. Absolutely. So jump on his website uh, and you'll be, uh, John, uh, wait worldwide and uh, you'll be able to uh, purchase that. It's a, a really good. Lifeguard's a terrific track on it. It's a very, very good EP, that, but that's a, just a little slice of it there with, uh, with Grenadine. Now, our other guest, Mr Mannix. Yes. Is yes. your mate Scott. My mate Scotty, yes, he's uh, he's a ripper, this bloke, and he can sing the shit out of anything. Um, <laughs> no, he really can. Yeah, he, he, he can sing Phantom of the Opera, and then he can sing ACDC and make ACDC sound effortless. Yeah. Um, was everybody else to be coughing up blood and scraping all the <laughs> skin off their throat trying to do ACDC? It's got just. It just falls out of his mouth. He's um, a hell of a singer. Uh, and uh, he's putting kids in the kitchen back together for, uh, for a couple of shows, and they're coming up this weekend. So we thought it was an opportune time to uh, to sit him down and uh, and have a little chat to him about that and a couple of other things as well and maybe get a bit of dirt on you, Brian. Is that possible? Well, I don't think so. I tend to share all my dirt. There's nothing left to hide, really. Um, but you never know. Now, yeah, boys, later. we want to talk about the Kids in the Kitchen reunion because that's that's mm. the big thing at the Corner Hotel on the uh, on the fourth of June, and uh, and what instigated all this, Scott? Um, well, you know, we wheel it out. We wheel it out occasionally. I think the last one we did was it was with Brian at um, at Palms. That was about well, pre COVID, about three years ago. Yeah. And we did another night. We did a Spiegel tent over in Barlow with, with X-Men. So kids in the kitchen doing shows is, is, is a bit of a rare occurrence because, you know, because, you know, Claude's off playing his sideman for Joe Camilleri and and whatnot. So he's um, he's pretty busy. So just getting us, you know, just, just hurting cats is, is hard enough. So we're doing, yeah, Friday night at the Bannockburn and then Saturday at, um, at the corner. So, yeah. I'll give you the question that we all hate, Scott. And what yep. can people expect at the gigs, Scott? Don't you hate that question? God, it shits me. What can we well, expect, you know, Scott? Yeah, what can we expect? Oh, I don't know. Just uh, just probably some music. Yeah. yeah. What, are you going to play a few Angel songs with you or just be playing yeah, the kids yeah, in I'll, the kitchen? Yeah. No, actually, 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 we decided just to do back catalogue like Kenny X-Men songs for the night. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, so we've done that. We're, done, we're, we're just giving it a, a kiss the kitchen feel. We're going to put some chicken plucking into 50 years, you know, oh, so it's going nice. to sound great. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you'll be playing all of your hits and, um, uh, you know, you'll be playing all the stuff from your albums and all that stuff. And yeah, well, we only, had, we only had two albums, so it's it's selling all right and we're pretty happy with happy with the way it's going. And what kind of worries me about myself with these gigs is that, you know, like you know, Brian, when you're doing, you know, a whole show, Oh. Of, the, of these songs, you know, not we're not doing two songs and getting off and having a sit down. We're kind of doing, you know, we're doing a good hour and a bit, and they're a big thing, you know. Like it's, you know, I was seventeen when I was eighteen when I was doing this stuff. So, you know, in the register of the keys and stuff like that, so it's pretty challenging. And I'm, and I can still get there, thank God. But um, you know, it's uh, St John's Ambulance is on standby. <laughs> oh, it is like an X Men gig then. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, just in case there's a shark attack or something. Well, yeah, they, well, they, did ask, they did ask me for my public liability, so, you know. So. <laughs> hey, Scotty, I want to ask you, when you look back, do those songs still sit really comfortably with you? I mean, you had five top ten singles, two albums. The, the, the Shine album was double platinum, you know. I mean, the success sort of chart-wise and sales-wise and that and, and gig-wise of the band was, was always good. Do the songs still sit well with you? Yeah, they do actually. They 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 got, look. They're kind of like my my children. Even though it, there's you know songs are so from so long ago that they can't. It's like I'm performing someone else's songs. That's kind of how it feels, really. As I said, we only do like about an hour, seventy minutes set. So so there's a few we've left left out. But you know we do cover you know most of the first record and um, a bunch off the second second one. So. Um, yeah, and, and I've got Zan singing with us, Zan from I'm Talking. She's doing backing vocals, so she's also singing a surprise song in the show and it's good fun when we do it, you know, catching up. But that's, you know, I don't know if we could do it to get, get, like the old days, you know, go on the road for, you know, seven days a week, you know, we'd, we'd kill each other in the first week, you know, let alone... <laughs> Let alone what you know, what Brian and I used to do. He's going to travel around, travel around Australia, bloody working, you know, you know, six, six gigs a week, and we're just exhausted. You know, we're just just running on empty. 
yeah, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't want to do it again, you know, six nights a week for, you know, 10 weeks in a row. It's, um, yeah, that's all right when you're 20, but um, at our age. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do like. I do like. It's great fun doing two two in a row. You know, you kind of come back in a body bag after it. Even with with them, we do our shows together, Brian. You know, it's um, yeah. It's it's good fun to do two or three. But anything other than that, we start kind of getting cranky. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. So is Zan doing a song so that you can nick off and come back with a costume change, like Cher? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I can get some so I can get some oxygen and then come back on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, that sounds great. And it's yeah. a great venue. It's a bit of an institution. So we're doing one on we're doing one at Timmy Timmy Hemwood's uh, venue. He runs there on Friday at Bannockburn. Oh yeah, oh, you've played that one, haven't you, Brian? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Game. So um, so we do that one first, and then um, and this and this one second. So yeah, we're kind of looking at a couple of shows. We've got a couple of shows booked for later in the year. Um, in retrospect, was that part of the problem, uh, or the pro- when the problems developed in Kids in the Kitchen, was that you had so many outside interferences with producers and all that sort of stuff? Because you had different producers for everything you did virtually, didn't you? I just think that I think we just got burnt out and weren't given enough time to do anything. So, like we had, we had all of our best songs on our first album, and we had a few that fell by the wayside for that one. And then we. Um, we worked solidly for, you know, th- that kind of year and Brian's got exactly the same story and then kind of came off the road and it's like, okay, we're going straight in the studio and we come off the road and last thing we wanted to do is bloody listen to music or let alone start writing it, you know. But we weren't kind of the guys on the road that sat around write, writing songs because we just didn't have, just, I don't know, just exhausted. I was just exhausted. I mean, you know, and Br- Brian did it the same way, you know, like amongst the, the gig is the easy bit, you know. It's all the there was all of the kind of going into uh, you know into town and doing the interviews and going off and doing press all day and you know and um, it was quite exhausting. And no one was telling you to drink rehydrate back then, you know. No, no, you know, water. What's that? So yeah, we were kind of running on empty. I, I think that there's a lot of money being made by managers back then, you know, and 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 it was to the point where they got a bit greedy about things and. Um, yeah weren't really thinking about the long longevity about, of us, you know. But if by the second album, you know, we were just, you know, I was just kind of over it. I was just burnt out, you know. I just did all that stuff and I just needed a break, you know. I was, don't forget I was, you know, 17 and a half when I kind of had my first single. So I was, by the time I hit, you know, 22, 23, I was just like, oh, give me a break, you know. And then I went off to, went off to London and recorded a solo record, which, you know, which took, which I did two songs. It took six months. I just had a party over there, you know. <laughs> so finally, you know, at Kaninsky's expense, of course, you know. Nice. Nice. Well, you've had three-year breaks since the last Kids in the Kitchen gig. Do you think you'll, you've had enough rest for June the 4th? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, Brian. You know, it's um, we're all back doing all these shows again and kind of firing it up and, Look, it's good, it's good to be out there playing and doing stuff. I mean, what, what else am I going to do on a weekend? I don't know what to do. Well, it's true. We're going to play. We're going to play a track. Which one would you? Which one? Which kids in the kitchen track would you like us to play, Scott? That represents to you the best example of of, of what the band was about and the best, you know, uh, the best song that the band did. Well. Uh... Look, I'd probably, I'd probably say, "Change in Mood" would still be the one that you know because we all wrote it, and it was, it, it was a magical moment when that happened. You know, yeah. like just the, you know, we wrote a song it was an unconventional rock song, uh, pop song, which you know had a speeding tempo and and all the rest, and um, and it was the one that gave us, you know, gave us the feather in the cap for the first, you know, first one. But I have other favourites, of course, like "Say It." Yeah, um, that, that that took me to New York to record, and the you know, and I wrote that with a keyboard player and another guy over there. So, in in all fairness to the band, I think that as a band, a, a band pen song, "Changing Mood" would still be the one I think mainly everybody loves the most. If you're only going to see one band this year, oh, you're only going to see one Kids in the Kitchen band this year. This is the one to see. <laughs> June the fourth may never happen again. So get down there and check it out. Yeah, June the third and fourth, kids. Oh, so, right. um, yeah, okay. that's right. Good look after both venues. Bannockburn yeah, on the look, third. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Scotty. Appreciate it, mate. Yeah, All thanks right. for the support, fellas. Love the show, by the way. Keep it, keep up the good work. Thanks, thanks Scotty.
is no place to hide This time Don't let affection stray away You can be so demanding Cause I'm not here to stay You know there'll be no longer When I'm not here to say I can't be holding on to you If I believe in saving ways I thought it's could be fun Instead, the whole thing's blown up in my face In time there'll be no other Oh, how am I to say no, no It's love Change in mood, uh, current standard, a bit of uh, Kids in the Kitchen uh, little medley there. Don't think they'll be doing any uh, Uncanny X-Men songs, Brian, on the on the tour. I, I don't think so. Well, there's a lot of chords in an Uncanny X-Men song. <laughs> probably, a bit, probably a bit tricky for them, uh, <laughs> you, want, you want another bowl of milk there? <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need absolute, you need Jose Feliciano oh, to, to be able to play an X-Men song properly. It's very, very difficult. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. um, well, you know, it, if you'd just never played guitar before and you picked up a guitar and started to try to play 50 years, you'd probably find it a little bit difficult. There you go. However, if you've been playing guitar for 10 minutes, it's a piece <laughs> of piss. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, and driving should be the same. Driving should be something that you get better at, and uh, the best way to get better at it is to ring our friends at Mercots. One three hundred five 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 seven six. That's the one. Mercots.edu.au. Uh, give them a call and uh, and get that sorted. Uh, advanced driving, defensive driving, and just a better driving. They uh, they can help you with all those three things. One thing, Brian, I wanted to say is um, nominations Ooh. for I love that song because we are working at the moment. Uh, I have to say on probably about five or six different uh, uh, little yep. tentacles we've got in the in the pool at the moment, trying to get some people to talk about some songs that we've been thinking about, but. That takes yes. time. It took us, it took us a good near two months to get John White between him getting sick and uh, and being on the road and stuff. It, it took a little while to get a hold of him. So it does take some time. But we want your nominations. If you got a song, uh, and the person still obviously has to be alive, um, right? We're not going to have much to say if they're not. No. So keep that in the back of your mind because we have this foggy memory of who we think is alive and who isn't alive, and we kill people off fairly regularly on a number of podcasts that Brian and I do. So if you've got a nomination for a song, someone who is still living, it would be yeah. handy. Uh, the amount of people we've said are alive oh, that are dead and the amount of people we've said that are dead that are alive, yeah, we, that's not one of our strong points no, on, um, on these shows, is it? <laughs> no, we don't have a link to the uh, – an immediate link to the Wikipedia people who've passed away uh, page that they put up. We keep talking about, oh, yeah, he'd be great, don't it? Oh, uh, he died five years ago? Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. I heard Doris Day's not going too well <laughs> at the moment, right? actually. I heard she's been a bit crooked in the, crook the straw huts. Oh. And uh, so get well soon, Doris. We'll just scratch her off the list of I love that song, K. Sarah Sarah is now king. Yeah, there you go. That's off the list. Uh, I was really looking forward to doing K. Sarah Sarah. <laughs> we may have to do Normie Ra. We may have to do it quick. Um, oh, there you go. We get Normie on. That'd be beauty. <laughs> we might even do that. All right, uh, that is uh, that is this episode of uh, Life, Brian. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to John Wade. He was terrific and it was, as he said in the interview, it was 7 o'clock in the morning for him, but that's when he wanted to do it uh, and uh, we really thank you and uh, we should, we'll catch up with him again sometime. Well, you know, he invited us over for a barbecue. I, I reckon we should take him up on that, Kev. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. the next episode, you can look forward to Shane Jacobson, who we spoke to uh, recently about uh, hairspray and, and his uh, uh, unbelievable career. And uh, a lady in her own light, right who is a terrific writer and has uh, just uh, got a, a great book out at the moment called Shake It Up Beverly, but she also happens to be the wife of Noddy Holder, the lead singer of Slade. Susan Holder is going to join us. Oh, she was fun. She was great. 
Yeah, she's really good. Yeah, yeah. actually, that's a, that's a really good episode because they were both really, really fun interviews and um, made me laugh. So if it makes me laugh, probably make anybody laugh. Absolutely. So that's coming up on the next Life of Brian. Send us on uh, through our social media platforms and stuff uh, your nominations for I Love That Song. And don't forget, give Murcott a call. Uh, be a better driver. One three hundred five 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 seven six. Take it easy, Brian. Go and have a uh, a Bex and a lie down. Might have a Barocca and a, uh, yeah, Bex and a lie down might be perfect for me. Fantastic. Fantastic.